0: How's that? that, Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay, ducks. Well, good evening everybody and welcome to our service tonight, our Wednesday evening service. Um, (coughs) The uh, topic tonight that I'm going to be bringing to you is um, the doctrine of God. Um, Last uh, two uh, messages that I gave were on the um, doctrine of the Bible. And um, I hope that was beneficial to you. Uh, Tonight, um, we are not going to have the verses up on the screen. So if you have a Bible with you, uh, prepare to get it ready and um, uh, we'll begin the the message. Um, Let's look to the Lord in prayer first. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that, Lord, you bless it as um, your word is um, uh, taught. Please, Lord, help me. Give me wisdom and grace. I pray that if there's anyone out there that um, is listening, that, Lord, this might be a blessing to them. Thank you for your goodness now and pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to open your Bibles to um, a very easy verse, so you just have to open it straight away, front, right to the very front, Genesis 1.1. Okay, here we go. The Bible says in Genesis 1.1, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Why do we need to know who the God of the Bible is? The greatest and most profound idea that the human mind can conceivably entertain concerns the existence of a personal God. The sheer importance of a man's response to this idea cannot be exaggerated because it will uh, not only govern his life down here but will determine his ultimate destiny. We must answer the who question Otherwise, we'll not be able to solve the how, why, when, and where problems of his existence. Throughout the centuries, certain uh, extra-biblical arguments for the existence of God have been advanced. Remember that these arguments that I'm going to bring to you now, they cannot replace the Word of God, So, um, uh, but they can be useful uh, in an, if you have an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody, and uh, they have questions. and um, uh, The first one I'd like to look at is uh, the universal belief argument. This is A, and it says that all men have some idea of a supreme being. This has never been refuted, no matter what. The idea remains, despite numerous challenges. I'd like to give an example. (coughs) There was a lady by the name of Helen Keller, and she was a... um, um, a lady that was uh, uh, born quite a long time ago. Um, I think it was in the eighteen hundreds, and um, she contracted scarlet fever or, or rubella or one of these uh, uh, childhood um, diseases when she was about one and a half, eighteen months, and um, this caused her to uh, be blinded and uh, she was um, deaf as well. Um, she. Grew up in 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 uh, up until uh, about in her um, eight or nine, ten, maybe eleven years old. But she was a real tyrant, really uh, difficult to uh, um, get through to. But somebody did manage to get through to her in a simple way, and um, it's quite amazing. She became quite a a lofty tower of thought. She had some she has some quite interesting uh, um, things. But one of them uh, I heard recently was that um, she said uh, when she heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ, when she heard of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, she said, um, I always knew he was there, but I just didn't know his name. So it was quite an interesting thing. Somebody who is totally blind and deaf and uh, locked up um, to, have that, um, to say those words, quite, quite an incredible thing. The second uh, one I'd like to look at. Let's just have a look. One verse. Let's turn to Ecclesiastes 3:11 before we move on here. In regards to this universal belief, Ecclesiastes 3:11. Let's have a look at that. It's not far. It's just uh, around the middle of the Bible. And it's Ecclesiastes 3:11. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11. And here we are. Um, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. It says here also, God hath also set the world in their heart. That uh, word "world" means it. It's, it's, it's actually eternity. So what God has done here is set eternity in men's heart, and um, that is quite an interesting thing. I remember when I was unsaved, there was always um, a thought about God—not every, not every minute of the day, but I mean, there, you, you often thought about things and what's going to happen to me uh, when I die. You know, we don't know. Uh, when you're unsaved, you don't know. And and uh, there can be fears, and um, and that is why God put that in our hearts. God uh, God put uh, uh, eternity in our hearts. When you speak to people who have lost loved ones, they'll always say, "Oh, well, I'll see you again." You know, um, they 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 just would like it to be so, but he, God has set that in our heart. Secondly, I would look at, like to look at the. Cosmological arg- argument. So there's the firstly the universal belief argument. Then we have the cosmological argument, argument, and that says every effect has a cause. You know that. Uh, you know what comes in, uh, from nothing. Nothing, nothing comes from nothing. God created the heavens and the earth. No other cause needs to be sought. And that's why when we read in the um, the, f- the first uh, verses we read was. Um, in the beginning, God. Notice that uh, um, the Bible does not try to explain um, who God is, where he came from at all. It just assumes straight that God is. And um, that, that's an amazing thing. Then the next one is uh, the teleological argument. Um, Teleos means purpose or, uh, or goal. So the universe not only proves a maker, but also a designer. Let's have a look at Romans one eighteen through 20. Turn quickly over to Romans here. <coughs> Romans chapter 1. And, um, we're nearly there. We're nearly there, not far. We're getting there, getting there. Romans chapter 1. Here we go. And uh, 18 through 20. You know that there's observable purpose in the universe that argues for the existence of God. Everything is fine-tuned. In Hebrews 3, uh, chapter 4, uh, I mean, chapter 3, verse 4, it says that every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. So you see there's a, and there's purpose. There's order in the universe. And um, you look at our, our our planet, how marvellous it is. Um, we David and myself, and my son, were talking about uh, um, the wonders of, the, of of the human cell and how intricate and and incredibly um, um, amazing that is. That's such a small thing, but there's so much in the cell, so incredible. So the, um, I'd like to look as well at um, the. Yep, that's yeah, incredible yep. Um, the next one I'd like to look at is the anthropological argument and anthropos means man since man is a moral and intellectual being he must have a maker who is also a moral and intelligent being Acts 17.29 let's have a look at Acts 17.29 here we go for as much then as we are the offspring of God we might not we, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. So we see here that um, man's moral nature, his religious instinct, and his conscience and emotional uh, nature argue for the existence of God. Men are always seeking after God in in, uh, uh, in some way or another. Or they either that, or they make themselves God. Then we move on to the biblical arguments. Well, all I can say is about the big biblical arguments. There aren't any. The Bible simply assumes the existence of God. God desires people to come to Him by faith. Hebrews eleven six says, "But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is." and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. In 2 Corinthians 5.7 seven says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And then we see as well in 1 Peter 1.8, Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable. What a, what an incredible um, truth that is. The scriptures reveal that there is only one God who eternally exists in three persons, namely the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're distinguishable in activities but indivisible in, in essence who is both creator and redeemer of all things. This person or form of being is far beyond our ability to un- uh, comprehend. It shouldn't surprise us that God who is eternal, should be incomprehensible to temporal beings such as ourselves. There's nothing in our experience comparable to God. We know that the Trinity is factual, logical, eternal, and effectual, but incomprehensible. There is no earthly example that fully explains the Trinity. Though many have tried, we can make some fairly good uh, um, um, uh, uh, ideas of of, uh, the Trinity, the first one is, uh, for example, is a triangle. A triangle, for example, has three sides, and it's indivisible. You take one side away, it's no longer. It's no longer a triangle. It's. it's so it's, it's one. It's a triangle. is one thing, and it has three sides. And fire as well. Um, if you look at a fire, it has to have three things to exist. It has to have fuel. It has to have heat. It has to have oxygen. So. Th- uh, um if you look at a book, for instance, a book, it's a simple thing, but um, if a book didn't have three dimensions, you wouldn't be able to read it. It would just only be two pages on it. You'd have the front and the back, that would be it, and it'd be so thin there'd be nothing in between it. But if mm-hmm. you look at a book, it has three, three uh, d- uh, parts, dimensions to it. It has a height, it has a width, and it has a depth. So it, it's that's another um, um, illustration, but it can never come to the fully understand what uh, what uh, who God is and and the Trinity is very is, is 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 difficult, but we believe it because the Bible teaches it, and um, and that's the main thing. So the Bible says so, I believe it. That settles it, and for you as well, I assume. Okay, there are four key names for God. We can have a look at the names for God. And uh, there are four key names that we can learn about God, and uh, and we can learn about a lot about God by His names. Um, the first one is Elohim. The second one is El. The third one is Adonai. And the fourth one is Jehovah. Now, Elohim appears 2,750 times in the Scriptures, and um, it refers to God's power and His might. It is in, uh, and it is the Scripture's first name for God in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God, and that is Elohim. It is the also a plural name which allows for the Trinity, a plural of majesty. El is uh, power, might, and strength. And it has four uh, has four compound names. There are four compound names of the w- of the um, name L. Remember, L is power, might, and strength. The first one is El Roy, L R O I, and uh, the strong one who sees. In Genesis 16, El Roy visited Hagar. Uh, Hagar, Hagar was. Um, um, Abraham's um Sarah's servant um, whom uh, Abraham had a child with it was Ishmael and um she uh, um, w- was chased out of uh, of the um of the home by by Sarah um cuz uh, she uh, w- had got uh, Isaac so she um was cha- she got chased out and um it says here in Genesis 16, 13. It says, And she, there's uh, Hagar, called the name of the Lord and spake unto her, Thou God seest me. So that is Elroy, the strong one, who sees. Then we see El Elion, El Elion, the strongest strong one. There are two significant places where the name of El Elyon is used. And it's from... Uh, Melchizedek, the king of Jerusalem. Let's go there to Genesis chapter 14. Let's go back there to Genesis 14. Genesis 14. Genesis 14. Here we go. Um, 18 through 20. And Melchizedek, the king of um, Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Um, and it says here, and also it was um, used by Satan in Isaiah 14. This book here and Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. We there, getting there. Okay, Isaiah 14. And that is in verse... Thirteen and fourteen. For thou hast said in thine heart, "I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God; and I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the north; and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the most high." So we see here the uh, Satan called him the most high, Al El Elyon. Al El Shaddai is the next one the Almighty God. And God appeared to Abraham. And it says here, let me read this for you in Genesis seventeen one. And when Abraham was, Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am the Almighty God, that is El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And in Psalm ninety one one, says, He that dwelleth in the secret, pl- secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So we see El Shaddai, the almighty God. Then we have El Olam, the everlasting God. Isaiah 40, let's turn there. We're right in Isaiah at the moment, so let's just turn there, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. El Olam, the everlasting God. Isaiah 40, verse 28 and 31. It says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of His understanding. He giveth power to the uh, faint, and to them that have no might, uh, might He increases strength. And even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. The everlasting God. everlasting God. What an amazing thing. The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. Then we have, thirdly, Adonai. That is master. The Hebrew um, name Adonai, Greek, Uh, described the relationship between master and slave God owns all his children Adonai, the master has the right to obedience the master-slave relationship in Old Testament times the slave was the absolute possession of his master the slave differed from the hired servant because the hired servant could just quit at any time if he wasn't happy But not so with the slave. He could do nothing but obey. The slave may expect provision. The slave had no worries of his own. It was the master's business to provide food, shelter, and the necessities of life. Obedience is the condition for his provision. And this is, uh, isn't it a marvelous thing? That uh, even with us now, in Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So there are many examples uh, uh, of this relationship in the Bible. Um, Remember Matthew 6.33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Then we come here to um, Jehovah. Um, I'm going to... Just looking to see how much more we have here. There's quite a bit to go here. Um, I think I should be okay to go. I'll I'll start and see how far I can get with the with this one of Jehovah. Now Jehovah is the self-existent one. Let's turn to uh, Exodus 3:13 and 14. Exodus 3:13 and 14. Go ahead and have a look. And Exodus 13 and 14. And it says here. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, has sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. We see here that the God reveals his name as Jehovah. I am that I am. Yeah, that's uh, um, the self-existent one. And this is an interesting thing. God is the self-existent one. His existence is, in w- is within himself. And um, the Lord Jesus Christ said that he also has existence in himself. We don't have existence in ourselves. We um, have to have something outside of us to exist. We have to eat. We have to drink. We have to have things provided for us. We cannot survive. We don't have life within ourselves. Yes, the only thing we can do is breathe. <laughs> and even that is uh, given to us by God. God created the, um, everything. He gives us life, breath, and all things. <laughs> David was just looking at me there. So <laughs> okay. Um, let's have a look at um, ex- Exodus 6, 2, and 3 quickly. And um, it says here, And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham and Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, El Shaddai, which we've just looked at. But my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. Now this is the most common name for God. It was meant, it's mentioned 6,823 times. The name Jehovah is a Hebrew four-letter expression, Y-H-W-H. Jesus, uh, Jewish readers would substitute the sacred name not even pronouncing the name due to its sacredness, they would use um, Adonai. There are nine compound names for Jehovah. Now, well I'm not going to go through all nine. Um, I'll see if I can continue next week, and we'll then we'll just recap. Um, Jehovah Jireh. I think most of us know tha- uh, that because we sing a song. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, we sing that, that uh, song, and we d- used to teach that to our children. And uh, it is uh, means the Lord will provide. Abraham and Isaac, let's have a look here. God provided a lamb for Isaac. Gener- uh, Genesis 22, 13, and 14. Let's go and have a look there. Genesis 22, verse 13, uh, verse 13 and 14, yeah. Genesis 22, 13 and 14. Nine, here we are. And um, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And we see here that um, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, will provide. And this is just uh, um, um, the first one. Now, um, I I'll, I'll think I'll go for the second one here. And it uh, is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. So en route to Mount Sinai, Israel was attacked by the Amalekites in uh, Exodus 17, 13 through 15. And it says, And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Am- Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar, and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, is my banner. And this was a significant battle for Israel and marks the first victory uh, after them leaving uh, Egypt. Okay, I think we'll stop there. Um, Next week, uh, we'll carry on with the the next one, which is Jehovah Shalom. Uh, The Lord is peace. Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. And pray that as we go through these um, uh, different doctrines, that, Lord, you'd just bless and help us to understand more about them. Lord, I know they're not in-depth. And um, I just pray that Lord, um, just uh, these short uh, messages that they might uh, reach some somebody's heart, and that they might look look uh, and seek uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Pray that if there's anyone out here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, they might come to know Him tonight. The Bible says, "Come unto me, all you that labour and are heavy laden, I will give you rest." And also. It says that if uh, uh, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Father, I pray that, Lord, you just uh, reach somebody's heart tonight. And I thank you for your goodness and your grace. Keep us all safe as we go home. Bless those who are watching at home. Please keep them safe. And uh, we long for the day that we will see you. And we look for, for uh, you, our Savior, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.